0: Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. Lots of chatter again as we draw closer to the legalization of marijuana in this country. And of course, lots of discussion, lots of debate uh, on both sides of this argument as we wait to see what the final template is going to look like. The Ontario government would like to ensure that recreational marijuana sales are restricted to the LCBO and says that this is a key priority for the province, especially since there is no legal framework yet from the government. That being said, there certainly will be when all of this uh, comes to fruition a little later on in the year. Uh, so what is the best way to distribute recreational marijuana? Bruce Winton is with us, CEO of Canopy Growth, which includes Tweed Incorporated, which is uh, in the Smith Falls area. And Bruce is with us now. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today?
1: I'm very well. Thanks for having me on.
0: Uh, First of all, tell everybody what Canopy Growth is all about.
1: So Canopy Growth uh, is a licensed producer, which means the Government of Canada under Health Canada has approved three locations uh, to grow and uh, package and sell marijuana. Uh, Your earlier comment about Canada Post is that the way we deliver our marijuana to our uh, tens of thousands of patients is via Canada Post or Wow. Wow. Yeah, so I, I, so this, um, this is
0: a big deal for you
1: guys, then? Well, there's uh, the courier businesses, uh, I think your point about them losing customers when they go on strike, is there's a lot of couriers out there that want our business. Yeah. And so um, that's changing, but that's, it gets delivered to people's homes that way. And under recreation, um, access, the process will be that we will produce, package, and present uh, the products, and the government has to determine where that will be, but our business is uh, having them ready.
0: If uh, So you will be providing recreational marijuana when that becomes law?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The, the, uh, when the Trudeau group came in, it was uh, kind of a, a pretty big day because essentially what they said is we're going to attempt to exclude as many criminals from the production process as possible. And a lot of people think, oh, well, these dispensaries, maybe they get product from some nice little people with a small garden. Yep. You can imagine that, but the fact is it's going on a massive scale illegally and using chemicals that aren't monitored and no cleanliness standards. So there may be a reason it tastes a bit odd sometimes. And uh, the transition is going to be that the product has to be produced in a way that's safe, clean, and known and shipped and supplied so that it can actually be uh, managed and taxed to a moderate level if they tax too much. Then nobody's going to buy it because it'll be too costly.
0: Right. If you're providing the product, do do you guys, as a company, care how it's distributed? Whether it goes through the post or a courier or through an LCBO, does that matter to you guys?
1: Well, only to the extent that um, what we don't want is a system that's pretty open to criminals still continuing to be the primary suppliers. Yeah. And so, you know, if I said good news or bad news, you just got elected. And you're in charge of doing this. I think what you're going to want is a process that has the least risk of turning out really badly. Yeah. And so, what are your choices? You've got LCBO where they ask, you know, 50 year old people for ID, um, so kids aren't getting it. Uh, you don't have many stories on your show about the LCBO uh, being emptied yeah. out after midnight because it's a pretty hard place to steal stuff from, mm-hmm. and uh, it's pretty hard to buy moonshine because none of the people there are running a for profit business where they're willing to take in other products and sell them just for the quick cash. And so I kind of think the LCBO has the advantage because of its security Mm -hmm. and controls more than it does about, you know, selection, education, presentation. But you can educate pretty quickly uh, through the LCBO. I think they have a very good training system.
0: Uh, How do you make sure medical marijuana doesn't get into the wrong hands via a courier or Canada Post? And what would be any different if a recreational user was using it?
1: Yeah, so we, we could quite happily serve uh, at least the initial rec market by using the courier service. So what happens is, just like if you order uh, wine and have it delivered by courier, which you can do in Ontario, believe it or not, yeah. um, when it arrives at your door, you have to sign it, to say, you're 19th, perhaps show ID. Right. And so when we deliver it by courier, if you order by 4 o'clock from Tweed, it ships by 5. And in Toronto, if you happen to have an M.anything postal code, we even do same-day delivery uh, at a bedroom camp. And so that's the option, and the reason people kind of choose it more often now is uh, it's less costly than going into a dispensary, and it's actually uh, tested to be what it's supposed to be. But for us, recreation just means it's kind of 10 times an increase in the potential market Mm -hmm. and 10 times the production requirements, et cetera.
0: So how do you – is it then – would it then be up to the Courier or Canada Post or whatever to check for ID before this product's distributed?
1: Yeah, that's what they do. So, um, you know, if you became a patient, maybe you're having uh, sleep issues or some pain issues, uh, you become a patient. Uh, you sign up with us uh, having gone to the physician. Mm-hmm. We confirm with the physician that you, in fact, did go there and that this is a legitimate document. And then we have your address, which is where it ships to. When the product arrives, uh, you sign as uh, someone uh, 19 age- years of age or older right. to receive the product. And that happens today. Uh, Thousands of times a day in uh, so,
0: a So that works, Bruce, I'm guessing, because there's a doctor involved, a prescription, and, and, and virtually a, a paper trail. You know who the recipient is. Can that same sort of um, security, for lack of a better word, be used for a rec user?
1: Yeah, it, it could, because um, it would be the exact same methodology when they deliver courier wine. Yeah. So, you, you can order wine and they make you sign to show that you're 19. When you place the order, you have to have. Uh, D- hang on a second. Let me interrupt
0: there, Bruce. And I, and I don't mean to interrupt, but, you know, yeah. when you see, when you walk into an LCBO store, it's like you're walking into a customs agency. Yeah. And, and you hear every so often, please don't let your kids touch the booze and all this other sort of stuff. And, you know, that's, you know, to me, that seems like overkill, but I get it. And that's fine. And I accept that. But to then let a courier driver verify whether, you know, here we hear. Here we're hearing about how staff are, are so well-trained at the LCBO, yet we're letting courier drivers check for ID to see if this is the person?
1: Well, they do that now for wine. They don't do it, obviously, for recreational even Well, even, well, even w-
0: wine or, or medical marijuana, you just even for wine. That seems yeah. kind of bizarre.
1: Well, these aren't, you know, maybe the guy on the bike courier thinking about. These are the security-bonded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah folks that are, it would just, are actually
0: couriers. It just seems odd that it would be their responsibility to check for ID. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. It, it is, but, you know, they have the they have the electronic controls that they can certainly keep track of it yeah. pretty effectively. You know, you, you last time you got a package from uh, Amazon or something, um, you probably quickly signed for it, and they've put it into the system, and they may have had to, you know, show your ID if uh, it was something... Right. That, have that
0: restriction. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's no different with any other product that travels uh, online or or through a courier or anything like that. I mean, it would be it would be the same sort of thing. Uh, yeah. What about what are your thoughts on illegal uh, the illegal dispensaries that we see now popping up that seem to be in the gray area between the law? What do you think's going to? Uh, do you find it odd? Let me ask you ask you the question this way: Do you find it odd that people think because we're between periods here that all of a sudden you can just you know open up a stand on your front yard to start <laughs> selling the stuff?
1: Well, I I think uh, the most interesting part is that the marijuana actually officially comes from nowhere.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: And so, it is. you know, if you and I were uh, a little bit uh, slow on income and we were opportunistic, this might be a pretty good uh, short-term enterprise. But all it is is it's selling product that's probably grown up in Markham or Brampton and, uh, you know, the grow-up homes. And it's sprayed with chemicals so that it looks okay. And then it's converted to something and sold down here. It's not really a gray area, but... um, From a quick entrepreneurial, it's okay. I think most of the ones you're seeing making a lot of noise that kind of upset the apple cart in Toronto are ones where they took the Vancouver people and the Vancouver model and sort of jammed it in Toronto's face, and that didn't go as well. Um, We had in Toronto for, you know, 10-plus years dispensaries, and they were truly uh, Compassion Club-type places. So an AIDS patient who couldn't gain access to marijuana a decade ago was assisted by someplace called the Compassion Club, those places are very different than the spots now that you walk in and just buy marijuana hmm. uh, and you pay a premium for it because it's not really legal.
0: uh, uh Do you think that it should be decriminalized until all of these guidelines are out? It's kind of odd. It's like if you go back to the days of prohibition when they were saying, "Okay, we're going to legalize this. It wasn't like all of a sudden everybody. It wasn't like it was the Wild West until uh, it was legalized. But or maybe it was. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, But do you think it should be decriminalized until we get to the point where it's all, you know, the templates done?
1: I think by the fact that there's been moderate enforcement it's kind of being treated, almost decriminalized. The, the bigger risk, I think, for a lot of people who like it or don't like it, is uh, Colorado just opened everything up when they did it. And when you do that, there are unreasonable people who go and buy big jugs of gummy bears, spray them with THC, put them back into little bags and sell them. Yeah. And those look an awful lot like a kid's candy. And if, there's, if you just say everything's kind of up in the air until we come with the rules, I think it'll get really bad really quick. And it seems a bit more responsible to say, no, guys, the rules haven't changed. Um, hold your horses. This is all going to be, there's a report in November coming from a committee to describe exactly how they should sell it. And the announcement of the legislation is going to be uh, before winter's out. So it doesn't seem like there's uh, undue haste to say, just relax for a bit.
0: Yeah, so you're really only looking a few months away anyway. Yeah. So, you know, I have to have
1: a change right away. It's probably because you want to make a quick buck, not because you actually have a other purpose.
0: So are you guys gearing up for this? How do you gear up for this? Well, you grow
1: a lot of marijuana. So um, we have uh, over half a million square feet of production that's uh, getting into full swing. Uh, We partner with sort of reasonably notable people like Snoop Dogg um, uh, on the Tweed side. And we have a lot of brand development so that you can actually start to think about going into the LCBO. And maybe one of the ways you'll get the product, it, it could be in a, a format that looks like other products in there, but it's THC. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not beating up your liver in the same way. It's uh, perhaps low or no calorie. Uh, it starts to have a, a pretty interesting disruptor effect on alcohol.
0: Uh, So any idea what this will look like if it does go into an LCBO? And it certainly, well, with your best guess, is that the way that's leaning? Yeah.
1: You know, bet me a dollar kind of thing. I think what's going to happen is um, it's going to go in the LCBO. They're going to pick uh, 5% of the stores to do a trial. Uh, They'll educate the people who are working in those areas. They'll have a smallish area, maybe uh, 10 by 15, that has a separate door. You walk in there, and that's where the product is. Uh, it will be branded to an extent so that education can occur because everybody knows something about alcohol, but most people know nothing about marijuana, and so you want to make sure people understand what, how much, and when. And um, I think they'll see that um, before we're uh, rolling the calendar either over to 2018 or too far into
0: 2018. Uh, do, so do you think everybody be go behind a black curtain in the back of the room? Will it be like the old days where you have to fill out a, ba- <laughs> a pad and the guy with a tie and glasses comes out?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a visible shelf product, and it's going to have branding because you know each strain uh, has a different effect. Some are very sedative, and some are very euphoric. And how much you take and when you take it is something that you want to get uh, education on. So, like to that extent, we even uh, we put the money into sponsor Mothers Against Drunk Driving, so it's also against drug driving, so that they can start getting people onto the idea of. Zero tolerance when you're driving. Like, just you know, be responsible. Yeah. Uh, long-term customers rather than short-term uh, accidents.
0: What do you think this is going to be like when all of a sudden they flip the switch? Yeah. Do, do, you, think I, it, do you think it's going to be I, another day, or do you think the world's going to change?
1: <laughs> I think there'll be more taxes collected, and uh, I think that some of the uh, the folks growing it right now in a very organized way will probably find other lines of business. But I, I don't think it's going to be. Um, I don't think you're going to see society change. This is already a seven to ten billion dollar market. We're not introducing something that's not there. What we're doing is regulating so that it's actually product that's verified and taxed appropriately. But it's already there. So Your neighbors probably uh, probably got a bag in his glove compartment, and he should know not to drive with it. Uh,
0: so by November, we'll know more about this. You say? Yeah, Mister Blair. I believe we'll receive a
1: report in sometime in November uh, from this panel that's uh, canvassing Canada. As to how do we implement what we've promised to do, meaning LCBO uh, strengths and quantities. So, how much should you be able to purchase at any one time? Uh, how, how um, oh, uh, if you want to call it distilled or concentrated, can we make it? Those will be the things the committee, I think, reports on.
0: Now, uh, do you think this will vary widely from province to province the way alcohol sales do now? Yeah, I
1: think you know the only uh, entirely for private delivery is Alberta, so it won't vary as massively between most of the provinces of Alberta. Uh, I think you won't see every province do it at the same time, so I suspect they won't oppose it. But, you know, if you've got Alberta, B.C., uh, maybe Manitoba, probably Quebec, likely New Brunswick on day one, um, that's probably a good starting line.
0: Bruce Wittnessman, with the CEO of Canopy Growth, which owns Tweed and other uh, marijuana uh, medical marijuana suppliers. Uh, Bruce, thanks for the time and insight. As always, much appreciated. Great, thanks for having me on.